You just have to put up with us. Alpha. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just difficult. The you server know. has been overrun. Uh, so someone, been, someone's got to do it. It's the rise of the new GMs. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're good. I think we've got lots <laughs> to talk about. I, I, I know I've got a few things that uh, aren't coming up in the questions that I'd like to speak to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the same would be true for Leah and Katie as well. You mean there's there, unscripted yeah. content? Perish the thought. thought. Oh my! We may, I, I don't. I, I, I don't we, know what to do with myself now. I, I'm just like, wow. Can't even edit it in post. Uh, well, there you go. This is the risk of letting us run loose. Choose your own poison. Is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know it's, 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 not, it's not like choose your own adventure. It's choose your own like poison. That. Okay, so uh, one minute after eight, and uh, I think we've got a bunch of folks on the call, and so uh, we might as well say. Welcome to our game seminar, Gamer Geek Lockdown, or whatever we're calling it. And we are very pleased today to uh, present some very special panelists. Um, and we can maybe do some quick introductions first. But today, uh, we're doing sort of lessons learned, um, or the lessons that I have learned as a new game master. So if there's <laughs> folks out there who, um, you know, you're thinking about taking the plunge and, and, you know, you, you feel like, oh, well, maybe Maybe I should try GMing out. Uh, or, you know, maybe you're a player just getting started for the first time. And you want to know what it's all about. Or even if you're a very experienced GM and you kind of want to relive the, the past glories or the terrors of, you know, becoming a GM, I think this is going to be a great session for you. All right. So just quick introductions. Um, I'm Alpha, otherwise known as Ensign Momo, otherwise known as Perry is something or other. Uh, those are different kind of handles. Perry is a traitor. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think Perry's a traitor yet, but you know, who knows, like it could come, but uh, maybe we can have some quick introductions by our esteemed panelist. Uh, why don't we start with Leah Weird? Tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, why you're on the panel and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Just real quick. I go by Leah Weird, but my first name is Leah, so you can just call me that as well, or various character names. And I did have a background of running various uh, play-by-post type games, but last year during the pandemic, I started actually hosting real lifetime games, and that's why I'm here. That's amazing. Okay, next, uh, why don't we pass it over to Lieutenant Teflon slash Katie, and I think you have a, a bunch of other kind of also known as, but uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Uh, I'm Katie. I ran my first game uh, ever in February of 2020. Woohoo! So, been quite a year for me. Um, yeah, I uh, have run basically one shots, a couple by a guy named Grant Howitt, who I know gets a bunch of shout outs here. And I've also run some D&D one shots and a D&D module. Excellent. Thank you. And last but not least, uh, Siona. Melindra. Hi. Yeah, I'm I'm Sarah. I'm uh, Sarah Siona Alindra Fage. Uh, How's that how you pronounce it? Yeah, <laughs> that was like, well, what's this Faji <laughs> thing? I mean, I don't even know what that is, but whatever. <laughs> I'm, it just means that, that I'm the trader and I play other games. <laughs> um, but no, I, I've, uh, I'm here because I found uh, KW Gamers actually shortly before the pandemic. I was playing in some other uh, D&D games. It was fairly new for me. <laughs> And then once the pandemic hit and the games uh, just, you know, dried up, everything went to online. And I found myself immersed in uh, in a few uh, of the online campaigns. And it's been such a blast. Uh, and I saw the uh, the controlled chaos and how important that has been to the group. And the idea of running one shots just seemed so, um, like, so much fun. I felt like, you know, uh, I was missing out and... Uh, I ran my first uh, so-called uh, one-shot just a little while ago, and I guess we'll get more into details as we start talking, but I, it was my first experience actually running a game. That and, is... Uh, yeah, I've done a couple uh, couple since then, and it's... Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be sharing the, the panel with uh, with these lovely ladies and uh, and and yourself here, Alpha. Well, thank you. No, that is that is excellent. And uh, for those of you who are just kind of joining us for the first time, this is sort of uh, Gamer Geek Lockdown. It's our kind of seminar about games, and you know we we do a little bit of a roundtable around different kind of uh, you know subjects and topics and things like that. And, and definitely today we're trying to really get that perspective of people who are just starting out or maybe have uh, you know done a little 
little bit more in terms of uh, you know doing their their uh, first kind of GM. Now, um, in terms of just like uh, you know. Um, uh, staying connected. There are two chat channels in our Discord. One is the seminar chat. So if you guys feel like, you know, just kind of typing away and, and uh, you know, just uh, ongoing information, please uh, uh, feel free to kind of type out and, and chat in there. But if you have a specific question that you would like our panelists uh, to, you know, answer, um, we'll consider them if you enter them in GM questions. And you'll notice that we have a bunch there already that have a bunch of thumbs ups against them. And what we're we're going to try to do. Typically, the more thumbs ups they are, it means that there's more interest in those topics, and we'll go ahead and uh, you know uh, you know ask those questions to our panelists. Uh, but by all means, if you want to add some other ones, we can kind of go with that. All right, so um, I'm, I'm I'm just going to go out a little bit on a limb here and kind of say I think one of the reasons why I volunteered as the moderator for for this particular session is all three of you actually are players in my games. Um, and so it's been a real pleasure to kind of, you know, sit back and see the evolution of you guys sort of as, you know, players that are in my my games or in, in my campaigns. And then that you guys have actually gained kind of the experience and the courage and, and you know, just, just that, that oomph to kind of say, hey, I'm actually going to give GMing a shot because I do think, you know, it's a really big step for people to kind of just say, okay, Hey, I'm now going to fly and I'm going to actually GM. And it's a very different proposition from, you know, just kind of playing a game. So it, it, it gives me no end of pleasure and pride to be on this call with you guys, especially since, uh, you know, I've seen your kind of evolution as gamers over the past uh, year. So we'll just kind of start with that. So I'm going to take advantage of my privilege position. And this is sort of just uh, a, a, a modification of what uh, the first kind of intros were. And I'm taking a question here um, that came from Refurbished Doombot, which is kind of saying, you know, what made you decide to make the jump? from uh, playing to GM and hopefully you can kind of recall like was there a specific moment where it went okay I'm doing this and, and you're actually going to take the plunge because like I know you know for myself and for a lot of people they they think about it for a long time but at some point there's something that just kicks you over the edge and then you know you just jump right in and, and you know you kind of close your eyes and, and, and step up the ledge so um, maybe I'll start with Katie um, do you remember what that moment was for you? And do you have any kind of uh, recollections? Absolutely. Um, so I got back into D&D through Controlled Chaos. I started playing Controlled Chaos games a couple months after Steven started them. And so after, you know, being a consistent player for several years, I was like, I want to give back to this community. Um, but what actually made me make the leap, like I knew I wanted to do it, but then I just told Steven, I'll do it. And I was like, oh no, I just volunteered. <laughs> so now, <laughs> nice. Now he knows and he's going to like make me choose a date. So that's, uh, that's what gave me the final push. And, and did that kind of help you because you had a date and you had to kind of commit to it? It was just sort of, yep, I'm locked into this. And, and since I put my name out, then I have to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yep, that was uh, the way I made myself do it. Otherwise, did, I would wallow in. in okay. Forever. And I'm curious, Katie, did you actually think about backing out? Like, what were your feelings kind of leading up to the very first time you were going to GM? Oh, yeah, I was super nervous. Uh, <laughs> I continue to be nervous for different reasons every time I run a game. But, uh -huh. um, you know, it's a supportive group and I knew m most people. So that that made it much more accessible. That's amazing. Leah, how about you? Do you do you do you remember kind of a specific moment where you kind of went, "Aha! I'm going to give this a try, and and and, and I'm going to put myself out there and and take the plunge." Well, I've always really kind of wanted to, and like especially going into the pandemic, I got really worried that the community that I finally found after years of searching was going to disappear. And it's much easier to talk new people and to come playing with you if you're willing to take responsibility for it. Yeah. To say, okay, I will run a game, come and play with me. And it also helps that I did find uh, Ember, which is the game that uh, Alpha runs for us. And the system's based on that, which has a, lot, a lower threshold of needing to know all of the mechanics before you can just start. So that was all 
was like, okay, here's a game that I could actually succeed in. I want to try this. So I did. That's awesome. And if I'm recalling as well, especially given your kind of professional background, there was sort of an intersect with, you know, mythology being something that you really love and it being more of a diceless open system. That was something you could more readily, you know, just kind of go into as opposed to having to, oh my gosh, you know, what is the fifth source book of D&D and do I have all the resources, etc. It was just something that you could kind of pull out, right? Exactly. So there is a lot like a a lower threshold for like jumping on. But also on the flip side of that, it did in fact leave me with like, you can do anything, but that means you have to decide what actually happens all the way through. There's not like a list of encounters or a heist or something that gives you a direction. Right. So there's pros and cons to the Diceless as being the first game that you try. And sorry, Leah, are you basically saying you homebrewed your very first adventure? Like there wasn't a module or something you followed? It was like literally stuff that you were pulling out of your head <laughs> and, you know, I'm going ahead with that because that's really impressive. I did actually. And it sounds more impressive than it is because basically I just cribbed all of Greek mythology for like a nice <laughs> okay. of adventure. But then again... That's like what a one-shot is, I guess. Nice. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? Why didn't you give us your story? I, I think you were saying uh, D&D was your first start in terms of uh, GMing. And in fact, you just did this recently. So uh, do you remember that kind of moment where you were going to take the plunge and, and you, you kind of, you know, this this is it, guys. I'm doing it. It just kind of bubbled up for me and uh, becoming um, part of the community, taking on um, part of the admin organizer role. Uh, and just, you know, just feeling like I was had the privilege of participating in so many games, um, but I wasn't yet um, giving back as much. Actually, you know what? I just realized, Alpha, like you kind of uh, made me step up already um, with the uh, with the Halloween game. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, was thinking, like, I just did this. Like, with it's the all subtlety, like, all part of the master plan, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I think that, that that had to have been the turning point when uh, when I represented Team Chaos uh, for the uh, for the Halloween event, and I, I really, I really, oh my god, I don't want to tell you this, but like, I really didn't expect it to go off like even half as well as it did. And, and that was just a huge success and it was so much fun. Uh, and I think that just running off the success of that and the joy of that and the interactions and just seeing the creativity of the people in the group and, and, and how that story wove together, uh, that inspired me. That really inspired me. That's awesome. And, and for, for, for those of why, you, why yeah, for, for those of you who are not really quite sure what we're referring to. So we did for 2020 Halloween, we did a mega event and there were including the game masters or the facilitators. We had uh, 20 people all role-playing at the same time on Discord, on multiple channels. And it was the craziest, biggest thing ever. And it was one of those things like, how in the world can you possibly, you know, pull off an event like that? But it was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll have to think about how we actually uh, pull that off again this year or some kind of version of it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank, thanks. Yeah, bringing back a lot of kind of memories, and uh, in in fact, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was that was quite the event. Yeah, and and Leah, that that was another one. Like you were in that as well, and you were kind of representing status quo neutrality type of thing. That's awesome. Okay, so I've got another high voter question over here, uh, which I quite like. And I'm going to go with Alex's question. Um, looking back, do you feel you overprepared or underprepared for your first session as a GM? And let's reverse the order here. Let's go with Sarah. Because I think you were the last person uh, in the list in terms of your your direct experience as a GM. So why don't you give us, uh, you know, uh, you know, what was your experience there about under or over preparing? Well, I did both. <laughs> <laughs> I think arguably I did more over preparing than I did under preparing. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to like create a, a, the stage and the scenario and you know, uh, for a couple of uh, one shots and, and try to figure out every little last little detail. And I had so many cool things all like in, in the works. And uh, and then as, as it comes to like the players uh, start to go through it and they're like, 
they're not picking up on these clues. They're not asking these questions. They don't even want to go over there. <laughs> Which I guess, like, you know, it's no surprise for any GM who's done any games ever. Um, but it was quite the surprise to me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I found that there was a lot of um, things that I had prepared that, that didn't actually get used. And I would say that's been true in every game. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I do feel like I, I definitely uh, over-prepare in that sense. And I, and I always feel under-prepared in, in terms of uh, like maps and things like that. I think that's uh, still something that's, uh, you know, I think that's a, a, another question, another subject altogether. Uh, but yeah, I definitely uh, feel that I over-prepared. And then I look back at how much preparation I did and I said, ah, what was I thinking? I, I, could, I, I could do this and on the fly. I could do this in 10 minutes and I'd have my game together. I don't recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes, it comes easy. Let's just say that. And I mean, Katie talked about, you know, being nervous and, uh, you know, like having a case of nerves just before that. And, you know, obviously you're spending a lot of your mental energy kind of preparing mm-hmm. for the event and maybe over preparing. So did yeah. you have that kind of, you know, pregame jitters? Like, how are you feeling before you actually did your first intro? Oh, like, uh, honestly, Alpha, like when I first did the, uh, the, the Tides of Change, um, Golden Glory spinoff one shot. Uh, I thought, like, what the hell was I thinking? And, like, <laughs> like I, it was like when I got you to like plan the encounters for me. I'm like, okay, that's good. Like, at least I don't have to do that. But I'm like, Alpha seems to think that this is going to be really easy. And I'm like, don't most people just start like with written modules? And like, he's just like, it's going to be so so easy. I'm like, oh my god. And I was like pulling my hair out, and I was like, can I cancel? Like, no. I can't <laughs> can you cancel? I, I was, oh my god. I was so- totally freaking out. Oh and, yeah. But, like I just could not let everybody down like I had to do it and like I scribbled notes all over everything and I said okay it's gonna be all right <laughs> did, did you actually I I do that a bit before did you actually ever serious like ser- seriously consider like canceling and just saying guys I'm not doing this <laughs> well it the thought runs through my head but I don't think I could allow myself to do that and especially like just the sheer excitement that you had that I was actually doing it uh-huh. uh, I, I, I really um, and then also like the flip side of that also is the belief <clears throat> like your belief that I could do it and that, that it didn't need to be that hard so sometimes we tend to um, think of things as being like just these huge mountains to climb and it's so hard uh, and that's just that's just our fear talking uh, and then when we get closer up to it and we realize, oh, well, it's actually just a few steps and it's actually not that bad. And look at the success I've had already. And like, I feel good. I'm excited. And, and so it's just going through that fog and getting through to the other side where you can see a bit more clearly. And then it is what it is. Right. And you, and we're all there to have fun. So there's uh, there's some slack is cut. <laughs> it's like, you know, I've played mm-hmm. the new GM card many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've just uh, it's it's been a tremendous, uh, tremendous amount of fun. And I do. I'm very grateful now for 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 being um, encouraged uh, to to give that a shot because it, it really wasn't uh, as hard as I was uh, expecting it to be, and I've um, really just loved uh, developing the story uh, on my own and not not having to stay with uh, something that's pre-written. I can really get into the characters, of course, trying to fit it into the world that you created, but mm-hmm. I've got some characters that I created as well, and. It's it's just been really really fun to explore that and give them voice. So let let's let's take uh, the the other extreme of that. Like Leah, you basically just pulled everything out of your head. It was kind of you know your passion for Greek mythology kind of built into you know the game. Um, you know how were you with how did you approach preparing for the event, preparing for the story, that sort of thing. I did actually, like, attempt to over-prepare. Like, I had multiple different scenarios for what my characters could possibly try and do. Uh-huh. And I think that was the best approach to take, because it did mean that even if not everything I prepared got used, I had an answer for everything. Right. And that was very, like, to not to keep the nerves down. It's like, okay, this is going fine. <laughs> I still know where I'm at. And even if I'm like, oh, shit, how do I get them to go to this other room? That's all right. If they don't go there, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So you kept it easy on yourself, right? Prepared enough for that. Oh, that's awesome. It helped at my very, very first game and campaign I drafted my sisters for. 
So it made it a lot easier to stay composed because they're not going to judge me. They've seen everything from me. And I knew kind of where they would end up going just from my familiar familiarity with them. And, and, I don't, like my definitely, definitely my game for like strangers for control for controlled chaos went yeah. a little bit more off the rails. Yeah, and and, and I I will say like like I I think um you know when you know your players well on a personal level I think there's a certain degree of anticipation that you can do just because you you typically will understand their reaction. So you know the fact that you went from doing that and you actually did control chaos with complete strangers like kudos to you because like that's not the easiest thing because you could get anybody coming in right and who knows what their personality yeah. is like who knows are they going to even mesh well with the other people right that that's something that's definitely nerve-wracking for sure so congrats yeah. that's amazing um and uh, katie it sounds like you've kind of run the gamut um sounds like you've done a couple you know like you said grant uh, how it the you know the the one pager rpgs which i think are the best for starting out like they're just so simple and kind of straightforward but you've also run you know D modules and things like that um kind of Tell us about your preparation over, under, something in between. How'd that go for you? Yeah, unlike my esteemed colleagues, I've never written my own material. So for, um, I'll start with D&D. For D&D, I started with modules or pre, like, pre-written one-shots that mm-hmm. were explicitly designed for new GMs or friendly to new GMs. Um, and so that was to make me comfortable being on that side because there's a lot to D&D. Like, you don't have to know everything 100%, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I, will, I wanted to ease my way into that aspect. With the Grant Howitt, with the one-page one-shots, um, I, I knew I'd have a problem with timing. Like, I didn't know how to judge how much time things would take. So I sat down with someone and I said, here's this one pager I want to run. Can you help me like do some planning? Uh-huh. And he gave me really, it was my GM from when I was in grad school. He gave me really good advice. He's like, you know, switch between like social scenes and combat. Um, be flexible, like have things that you can just toss out and the story will go okay. And um, so I probably both over-prepared and under-prepared. So I think I over-prepared in terms of like hitting those beats. Uh-huh. And I, I underprepared in terms of world building. I'm not mm. great at improv. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I try to have, a like for the one-page one-shots, I try to flesh things out a little bit or have a few ideas that I can pull out, uh, pull out of my pocket so mm-hmm. that I'm not flustered when the mm-hmm. players do something that I wasn't expecting. Well, on, on that note, did did something happen in any of those games where like they really caught you off guard? Like, was there something like that was a big surprise when you were GMing for the first time? I don't know that I'd say a really big surprise, but like the one page one shots, like players have quite a bit of agency. So if they're not taking it, I think you have to be willing to step up and, and they would just be like, oh, what does that look like? And I was like, oh my God, what does it look like? <laughs> you have to make it up. Things like that where uh-huh. um, I hadn't thought to think about it. That's cool. Um, I could interject. I'd, I'd say that those are very dangerous for having crazy things happen. I, I just ran Honey Heist last weekend and uh, I was very surprised at what my characters did. So Katie, I, I think, you know, you're running those one page uh, one sh- one shots, uh, I, 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 and you say you're not good at improv, but like clearly you're you're doing something right. Do you, do you have a a kind of specific example? It sounds like your players pulled off some pretty interesting things that you weren't anticipating, Sarah. Oh well, they were in the uh, SUV heading up the highway towards the uh, wilderness camp that I had planned for them, and one of them. And these are bears, that- right? Bears in the they're, SUV. They're bears. Yeah, they are, they're damn bears, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So just to clarify, the one bear just decided that oh, they were in a stretch uh, hum, camo, camo hummer, and the one bear just decided, ah, like I'm just like gonna like you know open up the back of the hummer, I'm just gonna rip the the back off and like just throw it on the highway, and they caused this huge accident, backed up all the traffic, whatever. Like just wasn't expecting that. Like they were supposed to be planning their heist, uh, and instead they uh, one of them just like just just did that, just like just you know. Uh, and then later went on to uh, there was a there was a clown at the event and and this bear had to have the uh, the clown suspenders 
And it's just like it's just it's just crazy. Like how do you how do you react to that? You know, your player just goes off and starts beating up the clown so, so they can uh, take the suspension. Yeah, I believe you're ticking some of the 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 boxes on uh, Gavin's kind of uh, you know, gaming 101. You always have to have like ninjas and ghosts and and, and clowns. So it looks like you've been paying attention to some of our past seminars where that that's definitely a uh, you know, piece of advice, which is which is awesome. Uh, let me see other okay. Um, Okay, so I, I'm going to ask a question, which I think there's like a, you know, like a, there's a flip answer, right? So you guys kind of, you know, can take either or, or, or let, let uh, you know, or, or maybe just focus on one specifically. So there's a question here from Gavin. What are you most enjoying about GMing? And of course, the flip for that, and feel free to just, uh, you know, answer that one is what are you not enjoying? Is there something that you kind of dread and, you know, maybe make you regret a little bit your decision? So, you know, feel free to kind of answer that. Let's start with Leah. <laughs> Uh, one thing that is kind of daunting is having attention on you for like the entirety of the game. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's played with me knows that I will tend to be kind of quiet in the background when my character is not necessarily doing anything. Mm -hmm. You can't actually do that as a GM. <laughs> you have to participate the whole time. <laughs> it gets pretty scary. You need your bottle but of water. Hand, yeah. Go ahead. Like on the other hand, that means you do get to participate the whole time. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, did, did, did you do you ever did, did it occur in in your game like like did you ever have that like deer in the headlights moment you're like oh my god like i'm really running this thing like did you have that kind of moment of realization that you know it's really happening here just curious oh absolutely fortunately it's I, i'm told that i covered it well i so definitely had a few moments of like oh goodness i actually have to decide to be the one that that what, what happens next awesome that's amazing <laughs> Um, how about you, Katie? I, I mean, clearly you are hooked because you've done like multiple sessions now and you've tried different genre and I don't see you stopping or slowing down anytime soon. In fact, uh, I think you're volunteering in mid-May to run KatieCon. So if there's anyone more enthusiastic about running her games, <laughs> I think it's you. <laughs> so tell, tell me what you're enjoying the most and, you know, is there anything that, uh, you know, uh, causes you pause? The thing that I love the most, you know, like Leah was saying, is the collaborative storytelling um, and just like that sense of surprise that you don't like, I don't know where the story is going. And that's so mm. exciting. The thing that gives me pause, um, I still think I, I still feel like I'm getting comfortable with it. Like I, I want people to have a good time and then I get I think I get too nervous about whether or not they're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. So I, I've got to like let some of that go. I think and just run with it. Do you like, so after you finished your, your session, um, you know, what, like, do you think about it? Are, are, are you seeking out feedback or, you know, and, and uh, God forbid, I, you know, hope you're not beating yourself up about anything like that. Like, I mean, do you go through a kind of a debriefing process even internally just to kind of say, Oh, you know, th this is what happened in the game and maybe this is what I want to change. Or, you know, do you not even fuss about that sort of thing? I do. So like, um, so I ran the Lost Minds of Found Delver for my weekly D&D group. Uh -huh. And we were starting a kind of rotating GM thing. So oh, that's fun. Come summertime, I'll be up starting a, a new campaign arc with that group. So I'm, I'm learning all the time. Like I learned that I need to take better, like different kinds of notes um, and better notes about certain things, um, especially so I can make connections for players between sessions. Um, so, for example, in, um, there was a, a situation where one of my characters did something really cool to dispel some tension with some wolves. And then wolves came up later in the game. And there could have been a really awesome opportunity to, like, loop back around and recognize that cool thing the player had done, like, weeks before. And I totally just missed it. Like, I wasn't paying attention to that. So I guess I want to take more notes on like those little things that the characters do so I can come back to it and reinforce it and give them a sense that like they're not just progressing through the story, but like mm -hmm. their characters are, are changing and developing. 
And it sounds like you are going to be starting to GMing a little bit more on an ongoing basis as opposed to kind of a, you know, like a one shot, right? And that's where that continuity becomes a little bit more important, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that that's cool. Okay. Well, and and speaking of which, Sarah, um, you know, I uh, I know, and, and especially because I'm enjoying being one of your players, you've actually started a new kind of mini series ongoing campaign, and again. Uh, this is kind of homebrew stuff, right? It's, it's not playing in any type of organized universe or organized, uh, module. It's stuff that you're kind of coming up with. And so what has there been any change in your thinking relative to how you prep and think about an ongoing campaign relative to just, Oh, this is a, a standalone one shot. Well, I'm certainly aware of, uh, you know, how, how this campaign fits into the world that you've created. And we've, uh, you know, had some discussion about fitting those in and drawing some lines so that we're not uh, uh, stepping on each other's toes. But mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, the core of it, of what drives me like in running the game and what I'm thinking about the most when I'm crafting what will happen in that episode and when yeah. I'm actually running the game is, is the same. And, uh, you know, bring it back to the, the original question, what do I like the most or, or dislike the most? Um, like I have to say, like it, it's it's all true whether it's a one shot or it's a, it's an ongoing campaign. Just with the ongoing campaign or the, the the possibility of it continuing, is that there's just more of it, mm-hmm. uh, and and I just I, I I love I love seeing the table come together. I love seeing the creativity, the surprises, the you know the, the little things that I've planted in the game and. Um, when the characters pick up on them or pick them up on them in a, in a different way than I expected and they become something that I didn't expect. Um, and there's a like something, a, an NPC or something in the game uh, resonates with them. And I just, I love, I just love seeing the, 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 the create, honestly, it's the creativity. It's the things that my players and their characters are doing that surprise me, uh-huh. uh, that, that bring me joy. And I think to the other uh, players as well. And, and certainly, um, you know, this, uh, this, this game that I've been running, it's, it's been, uh, it's, I've just, I found it really inspiring the, the creative moments and, uh, and the humor and, uh, the interactions between what I've planted in the world and then what the characters are, are doing with it. Uh, I, that's what I love. And, and when, and putting in pieces, like I like to put in pieces, I like to understand what motivates a player and their character. So if I feel, um, I feel particular satisfaction when I've hit a note that, oh yes, uh, someone got uh, you know a thrill out of being able to do that with their character, or this is something that they would have liked to have had happen, and now this is their little mini epic scene, or you know like that sort of thing. When when those come true, uh, I think we all celebrate, right? And it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's part of the joy of being at the table. Well, and it, it's it's definitely infectious and fun to kind of hear your enthusiasm, especially, you know, when, when you're talking about trying to give your players the, these moments which have meaning uh, to them. And you've only really effectively played two games in this campaign. So you have like so much room, you know, for all of this stuff to kind of happen. So it's, it's, I think it's amazing. It's definitely, uh, you know, sounding like uh, you are definitely hooked, which is great. Um, I've got a great question here. Uh, another one coming from Gavin's got a nice three votes around it. What's the one thing? And let's start with Katie on this. That and and you know, pull on your own experiences, especially especially as you were a player probably, you know, much longer than, you know, when you were actually a GM. So you probably had certain perceptions, certain thoughts about, you know, games and stuff like that. What's the one thing that non-GMs might believe or think about GMing that just isn't true? That you have to know everything about the rules. Yeah. I just like forget about it. (laughs) It's fine. Um, Especially like I know in my my weekly game, if I don't know a rule, someone else will or Mm -hmm. I'll look it up or Mm -hmm. I'll say, I don't know, but this is my ruling. Yeah. So so you've effectively, you know, you you don't even stress about the fact that, you know, you may or may not, uh, you know, know know the rules down cold, right? I think that's what you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, I at first I thought that I had to read the entire Dungeon Master's Guide, the entire Monster Manual, and the oh entire player's cover to cover uh-huh. before I ran a game. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I realized that's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do yeah, have like to say no, 100%. And, and, you know, exactly now, especially with the types of tools that we have where we can look up the rule sets really easily and, you know, ultimately have all the different people in the group to kind of, you know, help make that. And I do think there's almost like a shared responsibility when it comes to certain things. But I also like the fact, Katie, that, you know, you're willing to kind of, you know, put yourself out there and say, this is the ruling I'm making, right? Because I think, that is one of the things, you know, at the end of the day, the GM is ultimately an arbiter of, of what's going on in terms of the story. And so you do have to stand firm on that. So uh, kudos for being brave enough to do that. That's not always the easiest thing. Well, I do follow, I think Gavin has said this before, like, uh, I always rule in favor of the story. So like, what's yeah. going to be the most interesting thing to happen? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, not, not everyone will have the same perspective on things, right? And, and so hopefully it's something that becomes a bit of a consensus that's built in terms of the way, you know, decisions get made. But I love how you're talking about, you know, what is good for the story? What makes for cinematic moments? Uh, I, I think one of the terms is uh, the rule of cool and, uh, you know, things that can, can do that, which is great. Uh, th- that's fantastic. Leah, you know, how about, how about, you know, from your perspective, what's your experience been? I think it is like easy to see the GM as wanting to make those rulings uh-huh. and it's not easy because <laughs> like I'm a, I think it would be easier for a certain personality type to say okay it has to go this way mm-hmm. and that's one thing pitfall you can fall into but on the other hand it's just like i want to say yes to everything i don't want to tell people what to do right. except that in this case you are in fact here to tell people what to do and sometimes things that they really think will be exciting will actually end the game like two hours early Ooh. so maybe don't do that <laughs> sounds like there's a bit of a story there you want to elaborate more on that one it's it sounded well, like a- yeah go ahead I foolishly didn't say no to one of my PCs in the Controlled Chaos uh, putting all of his points in mind reading, and it made the murder mystery elements somewhat superfluous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the game-breaking... Uh... I have all of this power now. I can't say no that that's oh. not mechanically fair, but it is, in fact, game-breaking. Wow. So maybe don't do that next time. <laughs> Yeah, that's like lessons learned what not to do the next time, right? And and it's hard in the moment to actually... That was number one. (laughs) Wow, that's that's something. Oh my gosh. Um, How about you, Sarah? Uh, Anything that you you felt was, you know, like, is there any kind of GM myth that you you believed about the GM experience that, you know, was completely different when you actually became a GM? The uh, one thing that that I would say, I don't know if it really applied to me that much. I think this myth was dispelled for me um, fairly early on, um, probably by that uh, Halloween event. Uh, And the myth is that you have to have a lot of experience. Uh, So Katie talked about knowing all the rules and reading the books cover to cover. Yeah, that was a myth for me too. And I I have those books and uh, I, you know, I barely, I barely picked through them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm just being honest now. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's perfectly (laughs) legit. I mean, I I don't read my rule books either. You, you know, you know that you know that I do rules, and you said you you said to me, Alpha, you're going to be one of those DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I, I know, I know, and it was all good fun. Um, but I, I think that the uh, I, I think that it's a, it's an important point. I don't think you have to have a lot of experience in in order to do it, because I think what makes a good game master isn't necessarily about knowing the rules. I think it's more about knowing how to have fun, how to uh, provide the facilitation. Of mm-hmm. the story for a group mm-hmm. of people. It's more about. I think it's more. At least my game, the way I like to, to run, is more about the facilitation of the people mm-hmm. uh, than it is about the execution of the rules. And, and I mean, another GM might have a, a completely different take on it. Maybe a, a very different game. So, so these that that might be true for someone else that the, that the rules are are very important and you do need a lot of experience. But for me, uh, as for someone who wants to run a game like I'm running, um, 
no, you don't. It's for, for this style that I'm running. It's, it, it is a myth. You can just, uh, you know, put it, put it more uh, expectation on, on your players to know some of the rules or, um, I guess it also depends who you're playing with, but I have the uh, privilege of playing with people who really understand the rules better than I do and have way more experience than me. Uh, and it's, it's been really uh, fun seeing that come together. That's amazing. Um, okay. Let me just kind of go over some of our other questions in here. Oh, I like this one. Okay. So especially for the folks out there who are listening to our panelists, right? And, uh, you know, hearing a little bit about their uh, experiences, both good and bad, uh, you know, some of the trepidation, some of the lessons learned. If you had to give like one piece of advice to new GMs who are considering the jump, what would that be? Um, Leah? I think my major piece of advice is to start with a game that goes with a genre that you know really well. Mm-hmm. Like Sword and Sorcery is like the bread and butter of the D&D group, but there's also like Monster of the Week or Cyberpunk or anything you could really think of. And if you find a game that suits that, it's much easier to pull things out when you need them. Like if you grew up with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer it, and you want to do something like Powered by the Apocalypse it suits that really well so if you get stuck it's like okay this is what would happen if in my favorite TV show or whatever right and it becomes relatable back to your own experience so you can pull stuff out of the hat you know if you need to that's great um, Katie how about you what's your piece of advice for the new GM this is a hard one uh um, one thing that I might say is don't be afraid to tell people you're new. Like, oh, I love that. Uh, not that. Not that you need to manage their expectations, but just be upfront and say, hey, I'm learning this and uh, I welcome feedback about it. And I think people are pretty generous. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That's cool. Well, and I know, Sarah, you use that, uh, you know, like you said, new GM card, like, you know, several times during the game when you GM with with us. So uh, uh, (laughs) curious about your perspective there and, and, you know, your your one piece of advice for for new GMs. (laughs) Well, I'm going to I'm going to say that you've already spoken about the the new GM card and like I think I've got mine laminated. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I guess uh, aside from that. you know, it's just, it's all about fun. Like we're getting together to have fun. We're, we're there with a common objective. And when people come together with a common objective, much is forgiven. Uh, and there is support for success. So uh, one of the things I, just to, to throw in something, a, a little bit more concrete advice within that is haunt your players. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, I, I need to get back on that again, but uh, it, yeah, I think uh, taunt your players because um, it gives you a, a little bit of a connection. Um, uh, like you can do it within the game, you can do it outside of the game. It builds some anticipation for yourself as well as uh, for your players, and it helps to create that uh, connection and, and get to know styles and responses as well for for how this is going to go. You can measure um, what's what's landing well and what's not landing well uh, based on the response or lack of response that uh, that you get from your players and that will help steer you into the game that you want to have. This sounds uh, a little sadistic on your side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, are we uncovering a certain personality trait associated with GMs? Is that what no, we're no, kind of saying? It's not like you're going to die next, uh, next session or anything. Well, that could happen. <laughs> well, okay. So, so, so this this brings up like a really interesting perspective, right? Because. I, I mean, on the one hand, I'm hearing you guys talk about, oh, you know, how do we make, you know, it, it to be, you know, all about fun and, and engaging the, uh, you know, the players and stuff like that. But on the other hand, um, what I'm hearing a lot, and, you know, it's not just from you guys, I think we hear this a lot from in, in our GM seminars, you know, it's about creating situations where characters put themselves in, in, you know, their own problematic, you know, situation. So it's, it's not just about, you know, telling an interesting story. It's actually, you know, how much trouble can you get your players into? Yeah. A little bit of that. Yeah. I think um, there has to be some element of risk, right? That that's what gives it that excitement. Like that you, 
it's that risk reward thing. Like you, you go off and, and you do this and then that happens. And I think, you know, I've seen both Leah and Katie take those risks as, as players in, in, in games that we've played together. Um, you know, so I, you know, they, they know what I'm talking about just as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So do you so feel, can I, oh, oh can yeah, I please. One more thing. Yeah, please play? do. Please do. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, just when I when we were talking about like how to prepare and preparing, uh-huh. I should say too that like I listen to a lot of podcasts about D and T, and is it a bit of a so, problem like, for you? The like GM it... seminars. <laughs> the, the GM Hi, I'm Katie. I'm addicted to podcasts. That we ran last year <laughs> were amazing, and I listened to another one that covers a lot of, of like tools that DMs can use uh-huh. and that helped me feel like I had a lot of confidence just like you know hearing other people's experiences so I guess that was preparation it was fun I am a bit addicted to podcasts and um, like listening to actual play podcasts was really beneficial because you like start paying attention to what other people do uh-huh. so those were all fun ways that I prepared nice okay um, I'm curious if you guys need to psych yourselves up for the day like i don't know for me i i go through these kind of weird like okay it's like the the day before i have to do my prep right and i've been procrastinating or i haven't been thinking about it so i almost have to do a little bit of a pep talk to to myself to kind of go okay you know you're you're in the you're in the final stretch just do your prep and then you'll be fine i i'm curious especially as new gms like how have you kind of kept yourself motivated and on track to be able to be the performer on, on that, on, on that all important day? I find that the ongoing nature of what I did for my sisters was made it a lot easier to get excited about it. Uh Once I had their character backgrounds and stuff and could weave things in together Uh and that had things planned to spring on them, it was a lot easier to get excited about it than for the one shot where I didn't necessarily know who would show up and what might happen and where it could go with that. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, you know, those connections and you know how they're going to react. And so that gives you even more of a, oh, this is going to be fun. They're going to enjoy this. Definitely the social aspect is like the most fun part about it and makes it much easier to like continue to be enthused. Awesome. Katie, how about you? Uh, a couple of things. Um, you know, when I'm playing with my group that I've been playing for three and a half years, we've been playing together. So I just want to spend time with them. Like I've only run a pre-made module with them and it wasn't like the most, like it wasn't the thing that I felt I emotionally connected to the most, but just like being there with them every week was super exciting. Um, but other games, I know that if no one else has fun, I'm going to have fun because I love these games. So, like, one of the one-shots I ran was based on Charles Dickens, who I adore. Uh, one was a spoof on Warhammer, and uh, I, Warhammer has a very huge and special place in my heart. So I was like, well, no one else is – like, even if no one has fun, I'm at least <laughs> – You're so, doing it for so yourself. That's right. Damn it, I'm going to play this game for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> About knowing your genre and choosing a genre you love, um, I think, makes it – a lot easier. Yeah, that that seems to be a definite theme. I, I mean, Leah, Leah had had those as well. Um, Sarah, how about your perspective on this? Well, no, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited about the game for for at least a week before it happens. So I spend much of that week going, "Oh my god, when am I going to plan? When am I going to get this ready?" <laughs> oh yeah, like, remember last time you just kind of like got it ready real quick. Uh, but then I go the the part I'm usually under the pressure with is just trying to figure out the damn maps, like. Uh, like I haven't reached that standard yet where I'm like providing that interactive experience with all the fancy maps and stuff. And I, I don't know, like, I mean, that, that confounds me. Like if we had miniatures and stuff, great, but like doing it online is, I think, uh, is, is a challenge. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm usually spending my last few minutes just like seeing if I can figure out a better, better way to present material, uh, visually. Um, it doesn't take me any uh, psyching up to to get ready to play. I'm I'm already there, uh, and you know I'm I'm probably putting a few things into the into the Discord just to make sure that uh, you know that people are thinking about their choices and 
You're you're poking them and taunting them ahead of time. I've noticed a little bit of a trend. I'm inspiring them. (laughs) Inspiring in quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll say. Okay, and and um, I've been wanting to kind of um, uh, you know save this question up for you know as we start to get into the home stretch, and uh, you know I hope you will uh, you know permit me the 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 liberty and the privilege of asking the question, but um, you know certainly um, you um, this is the first time that we've actually had all female panelists, and you know not just you know female panelists but female GMs who have kind of stepped forward. So I'm curious, you know, does the fact that you're a woman and, you know, in, in a, in a hobby that, you know, can tend to have a lot of male players in it and, you know, maybe even be male centric to a certain degree. I know that's changing. How does that, um, impact your thinking and, and, you know, how, how you, you approach it or, you know, is it not even a factor? Katie? Uh, that's a great question. When I came back to D and D, um, for my first controlled chaos, there was one, uh, you know, GM's name that I read as female, and I signed up for that game. <laughs> uh, and was the person female? <laughs> um, yeah, so you don't know. Uh, you don't know. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so that, that, you know, and the game was great. And as I get to know people, you know, it was great. So, yeah, I mean, I have some. I had some trepidation about it, only because I was in grad school. You know, I I would be that person that was like, "Can we not name the NPC Boobs McGraw?" Oh, like, good god! Oh man! Um, like I, sorry. Obviously, I've got a bunch of like bad memories. Um, so it did. It did. It, it's not that I it put me off, but it did make me cautious. Sure. And um, yeah, and there's certain things that I I I don't appreciate in games, but I'm not like experienced them in this community. Like everyone has been super respectful, and I think also having the safe card and the the X card as part of the standard practice of controlled chaos like made me feel really comfortable. That's awesome. So you've got some tools, and and also the community is kind of supportive around those things. Yeah, but yeah, it's I, I imagine you know it, it is something that kind of comes up, and it, it's part of your your thinking as well. Uh, Leah or Sarah, your perspectives on this. Yeah, I, I definitely think the culture in general is changing and shifting to be more than just straight white males. <laughs> but yep. it also is like very encouraging to know that there are, in fact, other women here and wanting to play and maybe be out there looking for an, a group that doesn't isn't just a bunch of guys meeting in the back of a comic shop which is kind of daunting if you're a young female <laughs> god I, you know and, and sir i've never actually played in the back of a comic book shop so all these like you know negative stereotypes are just popping up and so like, i don't know if people have experienced that but, but like yeah it's the different it's like you can find group like uh kw gamers online these days and like i would have gotten into uh tabletop role-playing games a lot sooner if I could find them that yeah. wasn't like a very specific element you know yeah. no no I, absolutely and you know it's interesting like I'm looking at like I, I recognize a lot of the names and we almost have 50-50 representation so you know just from a sheer diversity <laughs> perspective like we've got great representation within our little community here and uh um Sarah, how about you? Does this impact your thinking at all? Oh, for me, it was a complete non-issue. Like if there was any uh, question about it was when I first, um, it was actually when KW Gamers first went online and it was when I first joined Devin's uh, Murderous Shadows games just because, uh, just because it was all, all guys and uh, I hadn't, I didn't know any of them, hadn't met anybody in person and here we were meeting over Zoom and you know, I'm like, okay, here's a bunch of guys that are playing together. I don't know how long they've been playing together. Uh-huh. Are they going to accept me uh, into their group? Uh, and I, I think I've talked about that before. Um, clearly, they did. We're still playing over a year later. Um, it's uh, it's been great. So no, when it came to um, uh, being the the GM, there was it, it, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, it, it it doesn't cross my mind. I, I I feel it's more about connecting with um, people that have. Um, you know, that we're compatible in, in the way that we play. And so long, so long as there's a, you know, a certain amount of compatibility in, in, in what 
everyone is enjoying in the game, then I think that's how you find a, a group that can play well together. It's it, it really, um, to me, doesn't have anything to do with uh, male or female. And I, I really love just how it's evolved. And, you know, it is so encouraging to kind of hear that. And I, I mean, I, I think we, we are like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm kind of comparing to kind of past experiences, not necessarily the comic book store, but, um, you know, I, I think it's great that, you know, we do have this in, in, in our community. And the fact that you're not even thinking about it at all, it, it just goes to show how much I think things have advanced. Um, and, uh, you know, especially the broader exposure to, to tabletop role, role playing, I, I think it's been a, a big part of that okay so we're gonna but, start but Alpha, oh. I, should, I should say as well that i i am ecstatic to have like an all-female panel tonight and be part of that with these two lovely ladies that i'm here with yeah absolutely absolutely no it's it's a pleasure you guys to kind of hear that um okay so i'm going to i, I was looking at uh, you know the various questions and the one that has the five votes was from a leaf uh, or a leaf i'm not really sure um and i believe this is a person who just joined uh, yesterday so the fact that he or she got that question out there that's great uh so are there other gms that inspired or inspire you whether they gm for you or you watch them gming for others and then and if so who and in what way and uh yeah um whoever wants to go first <laughs> that uh, I ended up in a lot of games that Gavin refurbished Doombot down there uh, ran just because he has the same sort of approach to like genre loving things that I do I guess mm-hmm. and uh, hearing the seminars did definitely make me think like yeah I have enough of a grasp of this that I could definitely do that that's awesome. And have fun with it. So it's kind of so, kin- kindred spirit in terms of your, you know, philosophy and, and think- thinking about the games. And, and I know, uh, especially for Gavin, a, a big thing for him is like, you know, let's let's play a specific genre that that he is exciting about playing and, and kind of doing that. And it sounds like you follow very much in those footsteps, which is fantastic. Um, Katie. Yeah, I mean, like so many. <laughs> it's hard to... Like every game that I've had with the KW gamers, and you know, I've been in sustained games with you, Alpha, and with Duan. Uh, so I've really like, you know, I've been studying what you do and learning a lot from you, uh, oh, good even God. though we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> no so pressure here. <laughs> no. What the heck? Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know, Brandon, Josh, and Gavin will always give me advice when I ask for it. Uh huh. Um, and, you know, Mark, who has been my DM for three years, like I've learned a lot from him. And then I'll, I'll shout out the D20, uh, sorry, D20 Dames podcast, which I listen to, uh, which is an all women adventuring crew oh, and um, family friendly, like I super recommend it. Um, but like listening to stuff like that, not professional, they're not professionals, um, you know, like actual people playing D&D. Well, they're probably like mid-level, like a little bit above like amateur, I guess, because a lot of them are professional writers or oh, okay. in that world, but they're uh-huh. not actors. Um, but just like listening and, and, and seeing what other people do is really inspiring. Nice. Okay. One more minute left. Sarah, go. Okay, well, I don't know that I can fit all this in in a minute, but um, <laughs> let me try. Um, I would say I, I take something from almost every uh, GM that I have played with. Uh, so I, I think, you know, even Call of Cthulhu playing with uh, with Josh and, and Josh, uh, his strong use of the yes and, like this mm-hmm. happens and, this is what mm-hmm. also happens. Um, or at least that's an inspiration that I that I'd like to to build on. Um, Alpha, your NPCs and the humor in the acquisitions incorporated games, like yeah, like right there. I mean, obviously that's huge inspiration. I'm playing in your world. Um, some other things I've seen, well, like Devin um, in the Murderous Shadows game, like it's just it's a huge world, and there are so many things that uh, uh, you know that I think that he's done very well in that, and also in. Uh, with six sides of gaming, um, also with uh, with Ben um, and his his way of uh, storytelling in a game, uh, which I also love. Um, and then I, another GM that I have um, who had uh, done a lot of work on the story prep for for background for the characters, and I just love that. There's so many little pieces 
I would say Matt Mercer for for the attention that he gives into um, meeting the needs of his players. And oh characters. my God, absolutely, and, uh, hands down. And, and I would even call out uh, Dewan uh, in the sense of um, you know in a similar way and and um, you know supporting me as a new player in in a game that he was running and taking this time to say, hey, I want to make sure you're having a good time, you know. If you're not, I want to know, like, how can I make this better? And see, so, where I, else do we get to talk about Matt Mercer and Dwan Bailey in the same sentence, eh? That's amazing. I, I know, eh? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think that there's something to be learned from all of them. And I would say that most of the experiences that I'm drawn from, from most of the GMs that I've played with are positive ones. Uh, I've taken some lessons of, like, don't do that. But I've taken far more lessons of like, try to do this, try to incorporate this into your game. And then, you know, amongst all of that, I'm not going to hit every single note, but I am going to develop my own style and I can improve it over time. Now that that's awesome, guys. Okay, so I think that's all the time we have left. I just want to kind of shout out for the next session, which is on April twenty second, and it is uh, on D anD D fifth edition, running high level games. And so, hopefully, if uh, you have a specific interest in that one, kind of looking at the upper end of the power scale, I know there's been some chat about that uh, today. Uh, you'll you'll kind of join us there. Want to give a big big shout out and thank you to our panelists for you know again having the courage to become GM in the first place, but certainly to kind of step forward and share your stories and experiences with us. So thanks, everyone. Uh, We will talk to you at our next seminar.